season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful, and welcome back to another episode of the Double Dunk Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. That'd be greatly appreciated. If you give us a rating, if you can review our podcast wherever you listen to it, that also be greatly appreciated. Please check out our previous episodes. We are on our sixth division today. We are grinding. We are getting these division previews through. It's been a blast. We've been, we've been learning a lot. We hope we've been. You guys have been learning a lot. Listening to us. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by Coolbet. Coolbet is the most transparent gaming company in the world. Coolbet also provides the best odds in Canada with world class customer service. For first time users, use deposit code Doink D O I N K Doink. For a 100% welcome bonus up to $200 when signing up with CoolBet. That is code DOINK, D-O-I-N-K, DOINK. And CoolBet will match your first deposit up to $200. If you want to give our friends at CoolBet a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, it is at CoolBet Canada. CoolBet, stay cool. And bet responsibly, my co-host, Mr. Eric Warner, is with us. Eric, how are you doing today? Good, man. Good. Uh, we're just grinding out this episode, and then we got nine holes scheduled. I'm looking forward to whipping your butt. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like we haven't been golfing a lot in a while, a lot of podcasting doing. Um, we did play hockey last night. I need your take on this. What is your take on a score McFlurry? What Do you like a oh, score that, McFlurry? I can't say anything negative about that because that's my mom's favorite. She oh, would okay. not be okay with me uh, – it's not it's not my favorite, but I enjoy it. So got it after hockey last night. Tad disappointed. Can't lie. Tad really once I once I left and I took it, I'm like, frig, I should have got I should have got Oreo with like a caramel sauce or something. But yeah, that's that's my go-to. I'm happy that the McFlurry brought back the Smarties. I wasn't crazy about the MM one, but I'm a I'm a, I'm a Smarties guy. Yes, yeah, sure one with that. It's stupid, stupid, stupid. But um Anyways, do you want to want to do this? You want to start? All right, yeah, I'll kick us off uh, with the defending Super Bowl champs, the Buccaneers. They went twelve straight years without reaching the playoffs, but then Tom Brady walked through the door. Last season, the Bucks had thirty-one players with at least two hundred snaps. All thirty-one are back. That is like unheard of to have. <laughs> I, did not, I did not know that, that much continuity. Jesus. That's crazy. Um, Bucks finished third last year in offensive DVOA, and they have they have depth at every position. Uh, start with the offensive line. Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, Alex Kappa, and Tristan Wurst. That's a solid, solid unit. Tight end Gronkowski came back, and he was, he was pretty good. And O.J. Howard provided depth at the position. He's back after tearing his Achilles last year. Um, at running back, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are back, and they added third down back Gio Bernard to – that was kind of maybe the one thing you could say about uh, this offense, a little bit of a weakness for, with a pass catcher out of the backfield. Gio yeah, Bernard, I don't expect I don't expect him to play that often, but I, he does just add that element. 
So, okay, uh, so is it is it Fournette and then Bernard? Like, is that the next guy up? No, Ronald know. Jones. Ronald Jones. Okay, yeah, right. I forgot, I forgot about him. Okay. So, yeah, they're they're deep. Um, okay. And then wide receiver position, they're as deep as ever with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown, and my guy, Scotty Miller. Um, there's really – there's not much to say about this offense. It was awesome last year. I expect it to be awesome again. Everybody's back. Last year, they had a shortened offseason. They were a little bit slow to start, but once they hit their stride, boy, were they were they deadly. And looking at the defense, the defense finished fifth in DVOA last season, and they specialized at stopping the run. They're best in the league at stopping ground attacks, and that was with Vita Vea missing 11 games. So they're going to get even better in that area. Uh, looking at this roster on the defensive side of the ball, again, depth. That's that's the theme of this team. They have depth everywhere. Shaq Barrett, Ndamukong Sue, Vita Vea, and Jason Pierre-Paul on the defensive line are as good as it gets. Levante David and Devin White at linebacker. And in the secondary, Carlton, Dave, Carlton Davis, Jamal Dean, and Sean Murphy Bunting are at corner with Antoine Winfield and Jordan Whitehead at safety. I, there's not much to really say about uh, this team. They're bringing everyone back. It's going to be the exact same thing. They're really well coached with Bruce Arians, Byron Lefwich, and Todd Bowles. This coaching staff has been together for – this will be their fourth season with the three – there, there's continuity, and I think there's there's two kind of ways you can look at this Bucks team. Uh, last year, they were shortened offseason and took a little time to get going, but once they did, they were unbeatable. So you could say, oh, they'll be unbeatable again this year. But on the other hand, they're about as healthy of a football team as possible. They had the second healthiest defense and most healthiest offense in the league. Their first team O-line, so their five starters on the O-line started 76 of a possible 80 games. So there might be regression in that area. Might be regression. Part. That's not happening again. Yeah, there there should be some regression in that category, but they're deep. Like, uh, they have depth, so it's not even – if somebody does go down, I have confidence that they can withstand a couple injuries and – as long as you have Tom Brady, you know you're going to the postseason. So I, I have them winning winning this division, and I I I think it's gotta be with relative ease, to be honest. Okay, yeah, I they're they're definitely the division favorites. I think you're I think it's crazy to say that they're not. I just, there's something I don't know, something missing for me from this squad this year. I, I feel like I feel like they could have I know they kept they brought the band back together, but that does it. That's may, sometimes not always the best thing to do in scenarios like that. Maybe they could have added pieces and got rid of some pieces. Like I don't think just running it back, even if you win the Super Bowl, is always the best strategy. We'll see if it works for them this year. But like I, like you said, the offensive line injuries. I don't think that's happening again. They, they being the sec, the third healthiest defense or second healthiest offense or whatever you said there. Like that's not happening again. Like that stuff doesn't stick. And if it does, then like it, it's it's. It's an outlier. I just – I don't think this team's winning the NFC. I, I think – I have two teams ahead of them in the NFC right now that I'm, that I'm that I like better than them. So, I, I don't see this team in the conference title – in the conference championship game. I think they're out round one of the playoffs. I think they win this division. Uh, maybe they have to play in the wild card game. Actually, they probably will have to play in the wild card game and they're out the division round. That's That would be my best guess. Like, I don't see this team going on another deep playoff run. 
Yeah, I understand what you're saying that sometimes bringing the band back together isn't always the right call. But when you look at the free agents that they were looking at, like it was Shaq Barrett, Chris Godwin, Levante David. Like that's true. They, they're bringing back talent. It's, yeah, it's hard to up. It's hard to upgrade on those guys, right? Mm-hmm. So they they're bringing back talent and. It's just, it's the Tom Brady factor, man. Last year, I'm I'm kicking myself. I I was I wasn't as high on the Bucks last year. Obviously, I was wrong. It's the Tom Brady factor. Like even though he's 44, he just gets it done. Like you know they're going to the playoffs. Like it's such an advantage when you have Tom Brady that right now it's August 18th and you can start preparing for the playoffs just because Tom Brady's on your roster. You know you are going to be there. I think that's mm-hmm. a huge advantage, and they're deep like i don't see where their hole is on offense or defense yeah i i'm gonna i'm gonna toot my own horn here i had them going super bowl last year you did (laughs) (laughs) i just i don't i don't see it this year like there's again something's missing for me i i i i like teams better than the nfc i i think they're a solid team and i i I hate going against bruce arians i think he's one of the better offensive coaches in the nfl just I got another year older, like another year older, like Mike Evans, another year older, Tom Brady again, another year older. Like, is this the year finally comes crashing down? Who knows? But they'll be in the playoffs. Like, I think it's safe to say mm-hmm. that they'll be in the playoffs in the West Division. All right, let's move on. I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers here. So, Carolina Panthers, their kind of theme of the offseason is moving on from Teddy Bridgewater. They, uh, I'm pretty sure that they knew about halfway through the year that they wanted a new guy at the helm. In 2021, they did just that. They acquired Sam Darnold for a few draft picks, um, and then they let Curtis Samuel walk. Those were kind of the two bigger, uh, bigger changes on the on the offense. They also signed Taylor Morton to or offensive tackle Taylor Morton to a massive five-year, eighty-five million dollar deal. I think me and you both are still scratching our heads off of that one. But they also get Chris, Christian McCaffrey back, so this offense is going to look a little different. Let's go through it here. Um, they were 17th in DVOA last year. Uh, their wide receiver group is very good. If you just take a look at the two guys up front, you have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore was 11th in yards per run last year, and Robbie Anderson was 23rd. So both of them are very efficient. And DJ Moore is still – I don't think he's still hit his peak yet. I think this is one of the better young wide receivers in the NFL. I think he takes another leap forward this year. Also drafted Paris Marshall Jr. in the second round, a guy that I really liked. He's huge. He's got he's got a ton of talent. That's a guy to watch out for. And Dan Arnold, they also brought him in from Arizona as more of a pass catching tight end. There, they had the worst tight end room in the league last year. So I don't know if Dan Arnold exactly fixes that, but we'll see. He'll be coming in um, to kind of help Sam Darnold over there. Uh, offensive line is a problem here. I, I think they're. What do you think? Would you have taken J.C. Horn at eight overall or over uh, Rashawn Slater? Like I still don't get that one. Yeah, maybe yeah. Rashawn Slater or maybe even Justin Fields. Yeah, exactly. Potentially Justin Fields. You're right there. I, I think that was a. I think that was a perfect opportunity for them to kind of shore up by the quarterback or tackle position. They did not. They chose J.C. Horn, which I'll get to in a minute. But the Carolina Panthers are going to start their. Oh, they're going to start their ninth different left tackle this year in nine seasons, which is spectacular. They cannot fill out that position. It has been haunting them for years. Cam Irving steps in, who started some games for the Cowboys last year, um, to take a look at the rest of their offensive line. Cam Irving on the left side. Pat Eiflin will play at left guard. Matt Paradis at center. John Miller at right guard. And Taylor Moulton at tackle, who's the guy that we just said signed that massive contract. All right, so at running back position, this is where it gets kind of interesting. Christian McCaffrey does come back. 
Uh, he, this guy, he, there's nothing. What else can you say about Christian McCaffrey? Easily top two, top three running back in the NFL when healthy. One of the most productive guys, especially the passing game. He provides juice of the passing game that they just didn't have last year with Mike Davis. I know Mike Davis was great um, for them when he when he stepped in, but having Christian McCaffrey there provides just more juice. Chuba Hubbard, Canadian, coming in at running back as well. He was drafted there, so having that as a one-two punch, I think, is really solid. The one thing that this team is good at, or the offensive line was good at last year, was run blocking. They were 13th according to football outsiders in run blocking last year. They've been 11th or better in the last three seasons with Christian McCaffrey at the helm. So I think just having him helps out the offensive line, and that's where they're going to have to live and die. They're going to have to hit that run game. They're going to have to kind of just shoulder the load with Christian McCaffrey and Chuba Hubbard coming in. Those two guys are going to be so important to this offense, in my opinion, and that's going to be what happens if they succeed. If they succeed, it will be those two guys leading the charge. On defense, this team was 24th in DVOA last year. They were awful in the secondary, and they knew it. They played the third highest amount of zone defense in the NFL. They basically played to their strengths. Uh, Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick are the edge rushers. That's as good as an edge rushing tandem you can get. Brian Burns is a guy that I really want everyone to watch for this year. He's currently sitting at plus 1,000, I believe, for defensive player of the year. Might be worth a sprinkle. This guy is electric. He's so good, so young. He had nine and a half sacks last year. This is a guy that I think can kind of break into the top five defensive players in the league this year if all of it comes through. I was watching some of the sacks Warner on YouTube and stuff. He's so fun to watch. He's mm -hmm. so big. He's so fast. Like, he hasn't even hit his ceiling yet. Guy definitely to watch out for this year. Yeah, he's really young. Isn't he only, like, 23? 23 years old, yeah. And he was, like, and he barely knew it. Like, he hasn't even developed yet. Like, this is kind of, like, coming to his prime this year. Like, this is – watch out for him this year. I'm really looking forward to watching him. He's mm -hmm. definitely, like, one of my defensive players to keep an eye on throughout the entire year. Derek Brown as well, first-round pick from last year. He's on the inside. So, they have a really good, solid defensive line. If, these, if those three guys can get after the quarterback, they, they, can, uh, they can cause some trouble. On the linebacker side, they have Denzel Perriman, who they signed this offseason, and Shaq Thompson, uh, and their corners. They did upgrade their corners from last year, bringing J.C. Horn, and they have Dante Jackson and A.J. Bowie uh, on the, to fill out their cornerback room, and then Jeremy Chin and Justin Burris will be their safeties. Had the zone team from last year. I'm guessing that's going to change. Like I don't think they're doing that. I think they were playing to their strengths. Only two, again, like I said, only two teams played less man-to-man -man coverage Excuse me, than them. I think that's going to change. You'll probably see more zone. That's where J.C. Horn is, is at his best. So, Hornsey, Carolina Panthers. What's the overall take on this team? Well, there's a couple ways to look at it. Like they really wanted to get off Teddy Bridgewater, but is is he an upgrade? Is like is Sam Darnold an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater? Over the last two seasons, there were 35 quarterbacks with at least 500 dropbacks. Teddy Bridgewater ranked 39th in EPA per play out of those three out of those 35 quarterbacks. Sam Darnold ranked 34th. Only ahead of one guy, Dwayne Haskins. So I know circumstances have something to do with that. Like, like I know where you are and what offensive coordinator and what receivers you have definitely have a play and how good of a, and how successful of a quarterback you're going to be. But that is an alarming, like that's an alarming rate in my opinion. And you're like, they're, you're basically banking on Sam Darnold to kind of have like this crazy outlier upswing, kind of like I'm not saying Josh Allen might not be the best example. Ryan Tannehill is probably the best example for this. Ryan Tannehill spent a couple of years with Adam Gase, same guy Sam Darnold was under. Got rid of, got out of Adam Gase's um, grips, goes to Tennessee and lights it up there. It would be an outlier, but let's take a look at what happened to Tannehill. 33 out of 39, uh, Tannehill was 33 out of 39 quarterbacks at an EPA per play under his time in Miami. 
And that's similar to Sam Darnold, right? He was 34 to 35, so similar. But I don't, I don't see it, Ornzi. I don't, I don't, I don't see Darnold. I don't see Darnold's talents. Like, like Tannehill, in my opinion, has more like raw talent than Sam Darnold. I think there's a middle ground there. Like I think I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was, like 34th of 35 quarterbacks in EPA per play. But I don't think he's going to be Ryan Tannehill, who was the number one in EPA per play over that time. I do think there's a middle ground there. I don't think it's enough to kind of boost this team above water into the playoffs. I think they, there's a scenario where they're knocking on the door for a wild card spot. I doubt it. I think this team has a 7-10, and 6-11 and 11 record, and I think they're looking for another quarterback next year. Yeah, I agree. I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I do think that more, more, th- there's way more factors than just Adam Gase um, when you're looking at Sam Darnold. I think it's also really should be noted that his three years in New York, it was Frank Gore be- behind him at running back, not yep. Christian McCaffrey. I think that DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are massive upgrades at the wide receiver position than he had in New York. I think the O-line is slightly better. I'm not going to say that the O-line is dramatically better, but it is better than what he was working with in New York. Mm -hmm. So it's not only the coaching situation that Sam Darnold is getting upgraded in. So I, I do think he's going to improve. Is he going to improve enough to get this team in the playoffs? That's where I'm not sure about, but I really like this defense. I think yeah, it's an underrated unit. This defense last year, remember that they used every single draft pick in 2020 on the defensive side of the ball. And so it was to be expected that this unit was going to struggle early on. Now they're a year older, one, right? Now they're a year yeah. older, right? Yeah. From week one to week 10 last year, they gave up 27 points per game from week 11 on. They cut that down to 21 points per game. There was improvement in this young unit, and now they're just another year older. They're adding J.C. Horn, who I know that you could have an issue with that pick, but they really did need a man cover corner. That's what J.C. Horn is. So he did fill a position of need. I think this defense is going in the right direction. And I have I have the Panthers just missing the playoffs, but finishing second in this division. Okay, second, eh? Jesus yeah. I, I wanted to like I wanted to love this team a little more. Just this Darnold factor. Like when you dig down just the statistics of Sam Darnold in, in New York, it's not pretty. And like it, like I said, if he if he turns out to be a great quarterback, it's one of four, like two of forty that that's that's happened in the last years. Like you know, what I mean, like mm-hmm. it's been three. He's been in the NFL for three years. This isn't a guy that's just like just got into the NFL. Like I know he's young, but. He's been in this league for a while. There's tape on him. There is like there again. These are legit statistics on him showing that he is a bottom five quarterback in the NFL. He's, when he's been playing. he's been in the league for three years and he's 24. Yeah, that's insane. But to, to me, like again, four years is still four years. Like you could be 24 years old, still been in the NFL four years. I don't know. Mm. I, I just I think there's a middle ground there. Like I, I think he'll be like the 20, 20 to 25th best quarterback, and that gets them like. Maybe to what you said, maybe second place. I don't have him second, but I, uh, I I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, but either way, they're they're definitely going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Rule came in; he's done a nice job establishing his culture, and the stock arrow is definitely pointing up for this team. I'm very intrigued for the next one, but you got to tell us about cool, or you got to tell us about Manscaped first. That is right. Attention, listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to. Houston. Do we have a pube problem? 
If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code DOINK. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, the Boxers, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. This fourth generation trimmer also features cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology and is even waterproof. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code DONK at manscaped.com. Alrighty, on to the New Orleans Saints. I know you got interesting takes on this team, so I'm ready. I do, and I'm I'm hoping after my spiel here uh, to convince you onto my side. <laughs> All right, let's hear the it. Saints. The Saints finished seventh in DVOA last season, and remember, Breeze played twelve games and Hill played four. Small sample size, but the Saints are eight and one over the last two seasons without Drew Breeze. So the record's great, but a little closer look. The Saints had the number one offense in terms of EPA over the last two years when Drew Brees was on the field. When he was not, they fell all the way to number 20. This notion of Hill or Winston stepping into this offense and it's not going to miss a beat is wild to me. Drew Brees, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the most efficient quarterbacks of all time, is the most accurate quarterback of all time. Even though he was banged up last year, he still had a completion percentage above 70%. I don't see Winston or Hill doing that, and I think this offense is going to regress because of that. There are some positives on this offense, and it's mainly with the O-line. It's a very elite group, and they're returning all five starters. Armstead and Ramchek are as good of a tandem of tackles as you'll find in the league. The inside is pretty strong with Andres Preet, McCoy and Cesar Ruiz. Cesar Ruiz is actually the weakest of the group, but he's a second-year player. They're hoping that he uh, bounces back. The Saints had the number one rush DVOA last year thanks to this O-line that was fourth best in adjusted line yards. And this unit was also good in pass blocking, ranking fifth. But I do think that that will regress slightly because Breeze got, gets rid of the ball super, super quick. It's hard to get to him. Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas are each two of the best players at their respective positions in the NFL. But once you look at their depth chart, the lack, there's a lack of uh, depth at the skill positions. Uh, Jared Cook is out. It will be unknown Adam Trotman coming in to play tight end. And at wide receiver, Michael Thomas is expected to miss the first five games of the year due to ankle surgery. And here's the list of players competing for snaps at wide receiver. Traquan Smith, Marquise Callaway, Deontay Harris, Lil Jordan Humphrey, Ty Montgomery, Chris Hogan, Tommy Lee Lewis, and even Kevin White is now in the building. We have a Kevin White sighting <laughs> in New Orleans. He's back up. The you know, 49ers cut him. Yeah, the Saints signed him. You're right. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Latavius Murray. Kevin White. I know. <laughs> Latavius Murray is a fine running back too, but I do not expect Taysom Hill to be used nearly as much of a runner this year. If he is a quarterback or backup, you just you don't want him getting banged up. Whoever plays quarterback, I expect mediocre results, which it's just going to result in regression from this unit. You can't go from a Hall of, Fe Hall of Fame quarterback to 
Hall of Fame quarterback to Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston and not expect regression. On the defensive side of the ball, Dennis Allen is in his sixth season as defensive coordinator in New Orleans and has done a real nice job. He's had a top 10 DVOA unit four straight seasons, but I am very confident that that streak is going to come to an end. The Saints lost a lot of beef up front with Trey Hendrickson, Sheldon Rankins, and Malcolm Brown all departing. They allowed Rankins and Brown to depart because they thought they were strong at defensive tackle with David Onyemata. Last year, he was one of only five defensive tackles in the league with six-plus sacks and 15-plus QB hits. However, he was dinged with a six-game suspension for performance-enhancing drugs, so it's unknown how he'll do when he's back and off the juice. Cam Jordan is still an elite, elite player, will continue to perform on one side of the line, but across from him is first-round bust Marcus Davenport, only had one sack last year. He really needs to get his career going. The interior is very weak, with two second-year players, Jalen Dalton and Malcolm Roach, barely have any experience. They're going to be the starters. The D-line has major holes, and so does the cornerback group. Marshawn Lattimore was arrested this summer and may face a suspension. People are acting like this is a big deal, but those same people might be surprised to learn Lattimore flat out stunk last year. His PFF ranking every year since coming into the league has regressed. He's gone from 7th to 18th to 53rd and all the way to 70th in the league last year. Marshawn Lattimore is not the player he has been when he was a rookie and but they still need him. He's still the best uh, corner on their roster. Janoris Jenkins was not brought back. Veteran Patrick Robinson suddenly retired last week. It's going to be Brian Poole, CJ Gardner-Johnson, who was 64th in PFF, and third-round rookie Paulson Adebo, Adebo at the cornerback position. Very thin. They have one really, really solid safety in Marcus Williams. Malcolm Jenkins still on the roster. He's going to be 34 during this year he had an up and down last year but he's still a veteran it's unknown what you're going to get from him um and this team had the fourth best injury luck in the league last year and they lost a lot of depth if that injury number comes back to the average they're going to be asking a lot a lot from their depth players that i'm not i'm not fond of i i have this team regressing to uh, about a seven and ten record, maybe even only a six win team. I oh I love, man, I love the Saints under nine. I've already locked that in at Cool Bet. It's at plus one hundred five odds. I'm uh, I'm predicting uh, some regression here. Well, you so you made this bet. I know because you talked about this. We talked about this last week. You made this bet last week. Did you did this like doing this exercise, diving into the Saints? Did this like push you in more in that direction did it kind of leave you thinking a little bit like you're full on in on this at the same time yeah, i'm still i made me like it even more to be honest okay. i there i remember last year when we did the division previews we both looked at the saints roster and we couldn't find a hole there was no hole on the unit right now there's a major hole at wide receiver major hole at cornerback and major hole on the defensive line there's those are three key position groups that they're just flat out weak on right now would you start Taysom Hill or would you start Jameis Winston if you're Sean Payton I don't think it matters I think they're both just going to be mediocre guys I I don't think one has a more of an upside than the other because Taysom Hill you you'd assume always got the legs that's a plus but 
Alvin Kamara's best asset is as a receiver out of the backfield. When Taysom Hill tucks it and runs, you're limiting Alvin Kamara as a receiver. So I Hill, one of Hill's best strengths hurts this offense in the long run. Um, And then you have Jameis Winston. Can Jameis Winston process information as quick as Drew Brees did? No chance. I either way, I think you're looking at a 15 to 20th type quarterback, whoever they start. And they just don't have the talent at wide receiver to get by with that kind of quarterback play. See, I I think their O line's good enough to have just like an offense like kind of run through Alvin Kamara. The nine win total is a lot though. Like I think this is an eight nine team, nine and eight team. Like is it is it nine or is it nine and a half? It's nine. 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 Okay. Mm. So nine would be a push, but it's like nine eight. seems right to me. Okay. But, like I think Alvin Kamara is too good. I think Sean Payton is too smart of an offense. But remember, coach. without when Michael Thomas is not on the field, Kamara is going to be going up against the stack box to start the year. Yeah, but like they're like both these. I'm not saying Hill can. Hill's got a or Taysom Hill's got a can, and I don't think he's starting. I think it's Winston. But Winston's got a great arm. You you are right about this wide receiver crew. Like I'm taking a look at the step chart now. It's bad. Like Michael Thomas is not going to play in Week One, is he? No, he's like, out I don't five think, weeks minimum. Yeah. So he's not around. So, yeah, I, I, I could be talked into this. I'm going to look into this more. Yeah, and it's look. just the, the defense is going to take huge step back as well. Like the, the cornerback group is even scarier than the wide receiver group. Yeah. Like CJ Gardner-Johnson is kind of leading the charge here. I don't Yeah. It's a dirt. It's an interesting team, and I, I think this division's a lot better than it was last year. Like you're not going to be able to beat up on the Falcons. You're not going to be able to beat up on the Panthers. Uh, like the, the, this division's getting tougher. So I, I could see, I could see eight wins for sure. I, I think nines right now, but I could definitely see eight wins, and it's definitely something that I could be talked into over the next couple weeks. Yeah. All right. All righty. Let's finish this off with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Dan Quinn and Raheem Dan Quinn was fired, of course, last year during the year. Raheem Morris was also let go. He was the interim head coach here. Now he's defensive coordinator of the LA Rams. Arthur Smith steps in, who was the offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans over the last few years. He was awesome, obviously leading one of the better offenses in the NFL. He steps in as his first time head coach. Are they stuck in mud here, Warnsey? This team is kind of weird to look at. Trade Julio Jones, pass on all Justin Field and all the quarterbacks, and then you draft Kyle Pitts after um, before trading Julio Jones. It seems weird it seems like they don't know where they want to go or what they want to do but they got to keep chugging along 21st in dvoa offense last year this offense also the second best injury luck so i don't know if that's going to be able to uh push forward they're going to have to their their depth on their offense is definitely going to be tested compared to what's to what it was last year arthur smith over the last two years was fourth in epa per play so his offenses definitely know how to move the football he is very good at getting first downs and just again moving the football, fourth and EP player is nothing to, to to blink an eye at. Like this offense is going to be able to move. Uh, their their position or their uh, weapons are going to be Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, uh, Hayden Hurts, and Kyle Pitts. Those are going to be the four main guys. And I'm assuming they're going to play a lot of twelve personnel, having the fact that they have Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurts. Um, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee's coming in as a rookie at center with um, Alex McGon, Jalen Mayfield, and Josh Andrews are fighting for that left guard spot. So they have they've kind of have a makeshift offensive line. I'm not, it's not a terrible offensive line, but there's definitely going to be some shuffling going on there. Like 
bringing in like losing Alex Mack is definitely going to be a huge loss. And like starting a rookie at center is never ideal. But I, I do think um, Arthur Smith is smart enough to get this offensive line playing okay, considering how good he has, how good his offenses have been over the last year. So I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue. And then if you look at the running back position, they got Mike Davis and your boy Cordell Patterson is going to be getting touches at running back, which baffles me. Um, so the Arthur Smith led offenses play everything. They play a lot of 12 and 11 personnel last year, which was the main focus, but they also dabbled in 21 and 13. So they play a ton of everything. So expect kind of, they don't, they don't attack the field one way. They attack the field in a bunch of different ways. The biggest problem with the Atlanta Falcons last year on offense was the running game. They're 29th and run offense DVOA. So that's something that definitely needs to uh, change. And who else to, but to do it but Arthur Smith because he had he also had the best running back in the NFL, but he was the one that tailored the offense around him. So I'm assuming that run game is going to get a lot better. Defensive side of the ball. They were 14th in DVOA last year, and they brought in Dean Pease, the defensive coordinator that's highly respected throughout the NFL. If you take a look at Dean Pease's defenses over the last four years, so when he was – so he was not a defensive coordinator last year, but for the four years previous that, 2016, his DVOA defense finished sixth. In 2017, they finished fourth. In 2019, 2018, they finished 18th. And in 2019, they also finished 18th. Those two years in 18-19 with the Titans finishing 18th, I think actually shows more than his two seasons in Baltimore because that those teams had zero talent. Those defensive um, those defensive rosters in Tennessee were terrible. He was able to make a mediocre with the 18th best defense. I think that's a good sign if you're a Falcons fan, considering that this defense is not stacked, but they it's not great. Like they they they've got some talent on the board. Dante Fowler Jr. took a pay cut. He's going to be the kind of their big edge rusher. He really needs to step up. Tyler Davis in a second round pick from last year. He's going he's going to be looking to um, to help this defensive lineman as well. And Stephen Means, former Philadelphia Eagle, can't believe it. He's starting somewhere as an edge rusher, but he will be across from Dante Fowler. Besides him, they're very thin at that position. But the Falcons were surprisingly second in pass rush win rate last year. I couldn't believe that stat when I saw it, but a lot had to do with the blitzing that Raheem Morris did at the end of the year. Deion Jones and Foy Alucan will be their linebacking crew. AJ Terrell um, is the corner. He was a first-round pick last year. He needs to really have a big year this year for this defense to have any success, and Fabian Mora will be across from him. Deron Horman and Richie Grant um, make the safeties. They were – Atlanta Falcons were – one and eight in one score games last year. I think that's something to look at. They can definitely get better in that regard. But when you take a look at just their offense with and without Julio Jones, with Julio Jones, they were the sixth ranked DVOA offense. Without him, they were 18th. I think that's a big stat. And I don't think that's a stat to blink an eye at. Julio Jones has mm -hmm. basically been their offense over the last decade. With him gone, who knows what this offense can look like? Who knows how Matt Ryan's going to look? They haven't, they, they haven't been down this path, right? They have not done this before. It's been the Julio Jones show here. I have a hard time giving this like giving this team a lot of love. I wanted to. I actually was going into the exercise like thinking I was going to love the Falcons more than I did. I don't really. There were – here's a stat for you. There were – out of all the first-round tight ends drafted over the last decade, their average um, yards per season was 388. So if you're expecting Kyle Pitts to come in and basically replicate Julio Jones' stats – it's not going to happen. I don't see this team being a contender in the NFC. I think they finish second or third. I think Carolina or second. I think Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta can kind of battle all through second to third. I think or second to fourth. So I think all those teams are going to be finishing in the like seven to nine win range. 
I, I think the Falcons are going to suck in mud. I think you're looking at the 15th, 18th overall pick or, or like around that area. I don't like what they did this offseason. I think their best case scenario is that they bought them out and then they play really bad. So they can high draft pick for next year. It sounds crazy, but that might be their best case scenario considering where this roster is. Not high, not really high in the Falcons, Warner. I, I don't really see a lot here to make them a playoff team. Yeah, I, I'm low on the Falcons. Mm -hmm. I have them as fourth place in this division. And the way you started it, started that off was stuck in the mud couldn't be more accurate like i can't they can't decide if they're trying to win or not like yeah drafting kyle pitts is a win now move trading julio jones is a rebuild move your quarterback is 36 years old the offensive line i i have them as kind of regressing not not majorly but they're not going to be an above average unit that combined with a 36 year old quarterback just doesn't work and the whole Calvin Ridley thing, I, he's a great player. I'm not, I'm not saying that he's not. But to expect him to fill Julio's shoes, I don't, I don't think the transition's there. Like you said, their offense with Julio was fourth in DVOA. When, it was, when he wasn't there, it was, what, 20th or so? so 18th Rid without him. 18th without him. So Ridley, although he's been good, he hasn't been elite without Julio. So there's going to be a huge, huge load on his shoulders to carry. And, the, and then the run game, the run game is, I don't like the Mike Davis pickup. Like it was, yeah. it was hard watching. It was hard watching Todd Gurley last year. It's going to be tough watching Mike Davis again this year. And Arthur Smith, I'm high on. I really, really like him. I, but I expect his system to be different this year because he ran the ball on first down last year, more than any team in the league. He had Derrick Henry. So what's his system going to be like this year without Derrick Henry? He's not going to be able to run the ball on first down that often. Mm -hmm. He's going to have to change his playbook. I think he's in a really smart offensive mind, so I'm not going to doubt him. But it's going to be – I think there's going to be some growing pains. And like you said, them bottoming out would be the best thing for this team so they can get a young quarterback. 100%. Like I, I literally think the best case scenario for this team is they win four games, three games. Two games, something like that. I, I'm looking at R R Matt Ryan's cap hit right now. So next year, R Matt Ryan is a $48 million cap hit next year. They can they can cut him and they can save $8 million, surprisingly, because only 40 of that is dead money. So I'm assuming they're going to run and do that. Like if they're, 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 Once you're able to cut Matt Ryan, I'm assuming they do it. So like the next year, they realistically can get another quarterback. So I'm like, I, and I'm sure Art, like, look, Arthur Smith doesn't want to hang on to a 37, 38, 39 year old Matt Ryan. No freaking way. So like, the, he definitely, they're definitely going to be looking in the, in the market for another quarterback next year. And the best way to do that is a bottom out. And like, I feel like they should have tried to do that. Like, I would have maybe traded out of that fourth overall pick. I don't. Know, their offseason decisions have been really weird. Yeah, I'm I'm low on this team. Mm -hmm. I, the defense is, it, it's just a middling unit, right? Like I, I like Terrell and Deion Jones, like they have some pieces, but there's still too many holes to say that this unit's going to dramatically improve. So mm -hmm. again, like they're just, they're just stuck in the mud. Agreed.
Anyways, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. That was the NFC South. Again, like I said at the beginning of the episode, make sure to check out our previous divisions. We've been grinding and we've been pushing all this content out for you. We're looking forward to uh, this year and looking forward to finishing off our division series. we got two more to go. These The next two episodes will be out by Saturday. Make sure to tune into those. We'll talk to you later.